Thanksgiving is the time for drama and dysfunctional families, which means it's the perfect time for House of Gucci. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle with my review of House of Gucci, which is now playing in theaters nationwide. It has gotten some awards buzz and is one of those movies that's on a lot of the must-see lists for the end of the year. It's directed by Ridley Scott, his second film to be released this year after The Last Duel, and it is from the Oscar-nominated writer Becky Johnston and first-time feature screenwriter Roberto Bentevenia. The movie follows Maurizio Gucci, played by Adam Driver, the heir apparent to the Gucci empire, and Patrizia Reggiani, played by Lady Gaga, his wife, who feels destined to be queen of not just any empire, but the Gucci empire. There's a great love in your life. Together, you can conquer the world. You will be the queen. Jeremy Irons plays Rodolfo Gucci, owner of the family business, along with his brother Aldo, who's played by Al Pacino. And then there's Aldo's son Paolo, the black sheep of the family, who's played by Jared Leto. There will be much more on him later. The movie spans about a 20-year period, so we get to see the late 70s, the 80s, going into the 90s. And for about half of the movie, it really hits the tone that works best for it, which is this ultra-rich family dealing with their ultra-rich problems as if they are the most important thing in the world. This is serious, and you're laughing it off. Well, at least it's my name on the mugs, not yours. Our name, sweetie. The movie hits satirical notes at times. It's almost farcical in the first half, and this is when I really was digging this movie. I loved the first part of this movie because all of the actors, well, most of them, and Ridley Scott, everybody knew exactly what kind of movie it was they were trying to make. Unfortunately, the actual Gucci story takes a bit of a darker turn, and so does the movie, which means that the second half stands in stark contrast to the first. And not only do the two halves not quite match up with each other, but the story is is also very long. House of Gucci clocks in around two hours and 37 minutes, and there's nothing wrong with a movie that's that long. I feel like movies are as long as they need to be, but I did feel that House of Gucci only really needed to be about two hours and 15 minutes, so towards the end, you really do feel that extra length. I think that we hit on some beats in the first part of the movie that maybe we could have used in the second part of the movie, if you're going to keep it at the same length, to support what happens in the third act. The unifying thread, though, that keeps the film together is the performance that's turned in by both of its leads. Adam Driver plays Maurizio Gucci, and if there was any justice in the world, the Academy Awards would be able to be judged cumulatively on what an actor has done in any given year. And in my opinion, Adam Driver would be a shoe-in because he has turned in three great performances in 2021. In this movie, in the movie Annette, and also in The Last Duel. In my company, he will call me sir. Indeed, good sir. Enjoy your time in Paris. In this film, Maurizio is initially an outsider who's pushed into the family business by his wife, and he has an arc that's actually not too dissimilar from Michael Corleone's arc in the first Godfather film. I'd seen a few comparisons to The Godfather with this movie, and I sort of rolled my eyes because, you know... Maybe I would have loved this movie, but The Godfather is a pretty high bar to clear. But I can now see where those comparisons come from because we see the rise of this figure and how success changes him. And Adam Driver is able to do all of this behind a polite smile. It's a smile that hides the actual transformation that's going on until these critical moments where you see what has actually happened to Maurizio over the years. 
2018's A Star is Born was Lady Gaga's breakout film role, but in my opinion, this movie is her breakout film performance. She goes through a transformation of her own in this film. We see how the best intentions for your loved ones, and yes, probably also for yourself, can end up eating away at the fabric of a family. Do you want to be left in the dust? You want to keep selling coffee mugs in airports? Is that your legacy? It's time to take out the trash. To be completely honest, I really didn't think that Lady Gaga should have been nominated for Best Actress for A Star Is Born. I thought that she was good in that film when she was acting, and she was a phenomenal performer, but we already knew that. I think that she is terrific as an actress in this film. She's not falling back on any of the talents that she's known for outside of the film arena. And she inhabits that character. I never looked at the character at any point in this movie and saw Lady Gaga. I only saw the person that she was trying to portray. That's what you want to go for when you turn in a great performance. And much of this film rests squarely on her shoulders. It would have all fallen apart if she hadn't been able to carry the role. But she does. She holds her own with Adam Driver and Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons and so many of the other great actors in this movie and is able to make this role distinct. I was very impressed by what I saw in this film from her. House of Gucci is also littered with strong supporting performances. Jeremy Irons is able to vamp it up a little bit in a role that's not as showy on the page or the screen as he represents the more traditional side of the Gucci family. He's not able to be as outwardly expressive as a lot of the other characters, but you can also see the interior monologue of his character, and I love being able to see this side of him. Then you have Al Pacino. Al Pacino is having, I think, a late career renaissance here, and I hope he scores another Another Oscar nomination for this one. He also received one for 2019's The Irishman because this role for him is a combination of the restrained acting that we all know he's capable of and then the hamminess that he's indulged in for a lot of the past 30 years. This movie is perfect for Al Pacino's sensibilities because it allows him to still have that manic energy. There's also times that let him have a showy dramatic flair, another thing that he's known for, but there are genuine moments of true pathos. And I think that when we look back on Al Pacino's career, and I certainly hope there are many more years of it to come, but this will be a late career highlight for the actor. And then there's Jared Leto. I've seen some people talk about this movie and say that they think that Jared Leto is the best part of House of Gucci. Well, in my opinion, I think that he is objectively and easily the worst part of the movie. If the ensemble cast of House of Gucci were an improv troupe, Jared Leto would be the member that keeps looking out at the audience to see if they're laughing. Leto is tolerable for the first half of the movie. He's kind of like a sideshow attraction to everything else that's going on. But as we get into the second half of the movie and the character of Paolo Gucci becomes more and more important to the events that are happening, he derails every single scene that he's in. At least he did for me. He's got this comical makeup going on. He looks ridiculous. And then on top of that, he pitches his voice up like a Mario brother from hell, a complete with a Chef Boyardee Italian accent that goes beyond parody. You can't parody Jared Leto's performance in this film because this sounds like I'm doing a funny voice. No, that's Jared Leto's performance in the movie. It's so bad that the parody is less than the badness of the actual performance. You wanted to make me cry. Nobody has ever said that to me. Nobody. Paolo, why don't you have your own line? These are just mock-ups. 
I can't afford to get serious. I can't believe that he had the audacity to do this look at me performance with the other talented actors he's with in this movie. And I can't believe that the other actors didn't physically restrain him from doing this or Ridley Scott or somebody. I mean, he did this in front of Al Pacino. Al Pacino is a legend. Do you know how bad your performance has to be for me to look at you and Al Pacino in a scene and say, wow, Jared Leto is really hamming it up. I genuinely think that this movie would be 10 times better without Jared Leto and to be honest when I talk about the first two halves of the movie not really gelling for me I think that he might be a big part of it because I was going along with this movie I was digging it and then when things started to be about him I was immediately off the train like within minutes I went from I'm loving this movie to I can't wait for this scene to be over with another actor in the role it's very possible that I would like this movie a lot more and that the two halves would gel together more but there is like a Jared Leto line that is drawn from me in this movie and on this side of it I loved it and on this side of it I was kind of checking my watch waiting to see when it was over. I, I can't think of another example where an actor's performance ruined a movie for me more than he did with this film. But I actually appear to be in the minority because a lot of people really seem to enjoy Jared Leto in this film. I've seen a number of sites that proclaim him a front runner for the Best Supporting Actor Academy Award and I have to say that if he wins at the Oscar for a decent performance I will officially lose all faith in the integrity of meaningless entertainment industry awards that are awarded via popularity contest. Leto isn't the only issue though. As I mentioned, the story does have a tonality problem. The first half of the movie flew by for me and the second half of the movie dragged. And, and I think it's because you can't take this sort of satirical tone and then add it to what happens in the later part of this movie because these were actions that actually hurt real people and you can't go into it with the sort of bounce in your step and almost parody that they were doing about the Gucci family in the early part of this movie. It'd be like if the movie, the producers ended with the actual invasion of Poland. Uh, the first half you're making fun of the thing, but then you turn to a real life tragedy at the end and it becomes not so funny. One thing about Ridley Scott movies though is that you can be guaranteed they're well-made and this is another well-made film. In addition to Scott's direction, he teams up once again with cinematographer Darius Walski. He too would be an easy Oscar winner for best cinematography if his combined film output for the two films he did with Scott were taken into account this year. Editor Claire Simpson, who is an Oscar winner for Platoon, does as good a job as she can assembling the pieces of this movie and I think that it was probably a very difficult job to wrangle all of these storylines and all these characters. It's really solid work. And then you have the production design. You have the production design by Arthur Max, the costume design by Janty Yates. I think both of those are going to attract a lot of awards show attention. And that's the thing about this movie. Much like the Gucci family itself, House of Gucci is full of both beauty and self-destruction as it attempts to tear itself apart. But a stellar first half, some awards-worthy performances, some genuine laughs, and yes, some genuine moments of drama, mostly from Adam Driver and Lady Gaga, are enough for me to earn it a recommendation. Plus, if you're in the camp that loves Jared Leto, then you're probably going to love this movie. It's just that I detested almost every moment that he was on the screen. It is a love-it-or-hate-it performance, and I hated it.
So those are my thoughts on House of Gucci. Have you seen it? Are you heading to see it over this holiday weekend? Let me know down in the comments below. And if you're celebrating Thanksgiving today in the United States or abroad, I hope you have a very happy holiday. Otherwise, I hope you have a very good Thursday. Stay tuned right here on the channel. We'll have charts coming up. We'll be taking a look at the entire Thanksgiving weekend box office. House of Gucci opened yesterday. What did it do over the five days? What did Ghostbusters do? And Kanto is also out. I'm going to try to see that as soon as I can and bring you a review there. Stay tuned for that, as well as entertainment news, the live show, charts, you name it. I'm going to be on the road a fair amount next week, so the schedule might change. Stay tuned for any updates, but we are getting into the heart of awards season. I'm trying to binge as many movies as I can and, and get to those critics voting deadlines. It's a lot of rush here at the end of the year, but that also means we have a lot of great movies, so stay tuned because I'll also be bringing you awards watch videos where I package together a lot of these into a review. Thanks so much for watching. Stay safe. And I'll see you next time. Bye.